you damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Monday. Oh, it's going to be another one of those weeks. 104, 5, 6, whatever it's going to be for the high. We hope you are finding a way to keep it cool. Hope everybody had a nice weekend. Vacations all over the place in the building for us this week. If you listen to Bucky and Aaron, you know Bucky's off this week. If you listen to Light the Tower just now, finishing up, you heard Jeff tell you that Craig starts his vacation this week. And for us, Isaiah Collier and his lovely wife are on their honeymoon this week. We hope they're having a great time. So it's Chad and Zay without the Zay. I'm Chad Hastings. Joining me for a lot of this week is the hardworking man himself. You've heard him on this show before. He is Cameron Parker. What's up, Cam? Chad, I'm glad I can finally return the favor because usually you're filling in for Craig or Jeff. Hour two, let the tower. Now I get the fill in for say. So see now you know why I said yes. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> now you know why I said yes. Now there's a lot of a lot of favors that get done in this regard, and um, I was glad to do it for them. And I'm I appreciate you being willing to to jump in. The vacations are important. The time off is important. Got to recharge a little bit and recuperate and and all that good stuff. But there's still a lot to get into. This is a week, and we pointed this out last week. Once the bosses were able to get us Monday and Tuesday off next week, having this week off is fairly brilliant. So to the three guys I've already mentioned and to Mike Harge from the afternoon show, well played, gentlemen. Well played. Because now they get seven straight shows off. And for Craig, it's more than that, but mm-hmm. he was already going to have it off. For those other three guys, well orchestrated and using the holiday to your advantage. And then once the bosses did what they did, it just turned into a bonus. So well played on all parts there. And last week we had Patrick out on his vacation. I mean, he's probably right. the hardest working man in this building. So when is the Chad Hastings vacation? I am taking, um, there's a week in July. Then there's going to be one day where my wife and I have to go to a, um, um, like a, it's like a weekend get together for a spreading of ashes Okay. Kind of a thing, so it's not the official memorial, but it's kind of a memorial. So we got to do that very end of July, and then I'm going to take four more days in August. So July and August, there's that, that's, that's your time. Yeah. That's coming up. Um, yeah. So that we we got that going on. And how about you? You've got stuff going on, or you've you've got some coming up? Here. Yeah, late late July, late July, that's early right. August. Is, okay. is my vacation. Time. Gotcha. Uh, we got a lot going on. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of recruiting stuff that we'll be getting to today. Also, uh, been able to pack it in with some guests. Our normal visit with Joe Cook of Inside Texas coming up at one. Um, how about this? World's strongest man, Mark Henry, mm. and 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 recent Viper dad. In case you yeah. don't know. He is now the father of, he's still the father of Jacob Henry, but now Jacob Henry is going to be at uh, Vandergriff instead of Lake Travis. So we'll talk to Mark about getting used to that. Also, uh, just catch up with Mark on a couple things. I know he's excited about football coming up. Big Longhorn fan, and uh, we'll be getting into a little bit more of that. So that's around one thirty or so, kind of a special flex segment, if you will, with Mark Henry. And then I wanted to get some of the other guys from other shows on throughout the week to kind of show them off, the ones that are not on vacation this week, and that would include Aaron Hogan. So 205 today, want to get Aaron's thoughts on not only College World Series coming down to one game tonight, but I want to get his thoughts on Major League Baseball. Aaron is one of my favorite baseball fans uh, that I get to talk to from time to time, and uh, Aaron never is, has never talked too much hardball in his, in his opinion. So uh, we'll talk some baseball and maybe a little football as well with Aaron at 205. Plus, as I mentioned, Cameron Parker is here. 
to help shoulder a huge amount of the load, I'm sure, and make this show sound pretty smart. And you can also make the show sound smart or dumb or silly or whatever you want on the Specs text line 337-3776. Before we get into some Longhorn stuff, let's just give a local team their due. We'll be telling you more about this as the week goes on. But kids, the Round Rock Dragons went to College Station over the weekend, didn't lose a game and won seven on seven. Well done, gentlemen. Well done. I was already kind of digging on Mason Cochran and the talent they had. We've talked about how tough and nasty they are, Cam. But now, that is an interesting indicator to me. That is, now correct me if I'm wrong, Round Rock is in the district with Vandergrift mm-hmm. and the rest, correct? Yes. Yes. Man, if I'm Coach Sanders at Vandergrift, obviously they're a big story because they're trying to, you know, get back to the state championship game, but they also lose their quarterback and they're going to be changing some other yeah. things up. Now they in some ways they might be better as well, but you not that they weren't on his radar, but for Round Rock to do that, they are kind of the opposite for me of what DeSoto did last year. I went and watched DeSoto win the seven on seven and I thought, man, if they can block and tackle, they might win state. And they did, but it's the opposite. But it's the opposite for Round Rock. I know they're tough. I know they can block and tackle. They just do it a little bit differently. To hear that Mason Cochran and those guys went over there and won seven on seven, and there's some defensive scores in there. I get it. When you when we go over what the actual scores were, a lot of those games were close. Some were low scoring, but apparently Mason put on a show. Even had a big interception in the championship yeah. game. So, congrats to Round Rock. We'll be talking about it throughout the week, but I did want to mention it here at the beginning. Yeah, Dragons are a team that I have circled because you mentioned it with all the quarterbacks that departed in this area. Austin Novosad is off to Oregon. Uh, Braden Buchanan is off to Waco to play baseball. And he, even the, the bigger programs, the Lake Travis, the Westlakes, Vandergrifts, like there's all kind of question marks about the quarterback position right now. I know the Vipers added a, a quarterback from, I believe, was uh, New Braunfels coming in, him and his brother, mm-hmm. who are expected to be great players. Keep an eye on uh, the Flex ATX watch list coming out. Now, they may or may not be on it. We'll, we'll see about that. But it feels like Ron Rock and Huddle both have quarterbacks. We talked about Will Hammond, who's got Texas Tech commit. Yep. And Mason Cochran are, are two of the returning seniors going into the Centex area. And I think that's, you know, that'll be important, I think, for this season in a, in a really loaded Centex area, but a lot of questions at quarterback around the area, except for Hutto and for Round Rock, also factor in Leonard Moore, the Notre Dame commit, defensive back, and brand-new first-year head coach Cody Moore. So I think Round Rock's the team that, you know, I would – you're probably going to pick him second right now in that district behind Vandergrift, but mm-hmm. they're a team that behind Mason Cochran, and like you mentioned, I mean, Mason looked incredible. The seven-on-sevens in last Wednesday night, he was on the, the Flex show with, with uh, Sack Lazaro, Nolan Hogan. He is confident. He is confident. He has that charisma, and he's there to win. And I like that about a quarterback. He seems locked in and determined, like un, like any other, like unlike any other, excuse me, unlike any other uh, athlete we've had in this summer. He's someone that's already, he's already locked in, ready for week one. How about that good luck charm coming on the Wednesday Flex show? And yeah. Winning state yeah, and seven I don't on know. Seven. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe if someone comes on this Wednesday night, who knows what happens? That's right. Uh, that's right. The last Wednesday Flex show of uh, of the season um, th- for the summer uh, until we get to football season is Wednesday at seven. So definitely check that out. You know they'll be talking a lot about Round Rock getting that win. You can go to flxatx.com to find out all those scores for Round Rock. All right. So as we dig in 
happened today, there's a few different things. We'll get to some College World Series, two wild games so far with LSU and Florida. Uh, and if you're a Longhorn fan, pretty clear, I think, who you're rooting for tonight. Uh, we will get into that. Also, uh, just continue to be just more and more good news if you're a Spurs fan. We'll get to that at 1230. But why don't we get this Texas recruiting stuff out? Because there's a little bit in a couple sports that we need to mention. In terms of football, the Longhorns flex again over the weekend. Last weekend, it was a couple guys getting added to the 24 class. This weekend, it happened again, and the names, you could certainly argue, got even bigger. Uh, And one of the big ones is Jarek Gibson, running back out of Florida, was one of the highest-rated guys. In fact, now he's the highest-rated guy in the class, listed as a four-star, depending on where you're looking. I got him here at 5'11", 207, ultimately had committed to Florida, but decommitted and now ends up at Texas. He was at I, he's at IMG Academy. So right now a verbal commitment to Texas. So Christian Clark, go back to last Thursday, the running back from Arizona, and now Jarrett Gibson, the running back from Florida. So Cameron, there'd been discussions about what Coach Jackson had done at the receiver position and the fact that he just got his first official recruit and all that. But the one thing Texas fans didn't need to be reminded of that they're happy to be reminded of is that Tashard Choice can recruit as well, and now he got two big dogs in this class. Remember when Texas fans were worried about Stan Drayton leaving? Because yeah. that's all in the past. What what Coach Choice has done, I mean, his recruiting prowess so far with, with Cedric Baxter landing that deal, and now picking up Christian Clark and Jarek Gibson. Gibson was number one guy on his board, I think, since he got to Texas. He, he has always been the guy they wanted to go after. Four five forty times, Chad. He's not someone that's going to fall down on the first bit of contact. Uh, gets to the outside very well. He's a guy that you know you can run a counter with him. You can give the ball to him on toss. You can get him in an open space, and he's going to make guys miss. And he's got speed too. So he he's a huge addition for Coach Choice. And I mean, like you mentioned, like he's someone that no matter who Texas takes at running back. Oh, Choice recruit him. Cool. I, I don't care. Yeah, he's from Alaska. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, he, he was training in the the Husky races. Great. Yep, sounds good. Res- he's just wrestling a, a moose up there. Yeah, That's he, what he's doing. Mud wrestling is his high school activity. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, he's a little more a little more compact than Christian Clark. Yeah. When I watched that film last week, I mentioned I think the comparison to Bijan Robinson in terms of the body style and and the way he presents himself on. It's a film. big comparison, Chad. I saw that too, and I was like, no, whoa, it is, it is. But I get it. I mean, you, when you when you just see. There's there's elements of it where you go oh okay a little more of an upright runner as well um, listed here at six feet two hundred and then with Gibson you're talking about five eleven two oh seven so a little more of a compact uh, you know package there but I, I like what you said about you know not going down on first contact physicality dragging guys down the field so it's a little more of that and even though. There have it's a really interesting development here. Watching Bijan get drafted where he was drafted, you can't think that can't hurt. No, the arguments that that Sark is trying to make for running backs. And the other thing is, if I'm a running back, the one thing I know for sure about Steve Sarkeesian, if I'm the parents, if I'm the athlete, I ain't getting overworked at Texas. We know that. There's an there's an issue coming up about 
carries and do you give them the carries at the right time yeah. and all of that. But you're not going to – nobody's going to come to man, Steve Sarkeesian's just going to hand me the ball 30, 35 times and try to destroy me. We know that's not the case. So these guys do feel versatile. And then if you're a Longhorn fan, it's the good news and then the possible bracing for – not bad news, but bracing for the inevitable. The great news is to shard choices, building relationships with these players. I see quotes throughout the weekend of how important it is – with coach choice and what he's telling parents and how comfortable parents are with him and all that kind of stuff. I think it was Gibson's dad that I read the quote from where he said, Hey, I told Tashard choice, you know, I want to be comfortable sending my kid here. I want to make that when I drop him off, I don't want to have to worry about anything. And he feels like choice has built that relationship. All that's the terrific news. Now, Cameron, the backside of it's going to be at what point does Tashard choice start to get love as maybe a, OC is it an OC somewhere mm-hmm. is it a head coaching job somewhere but until then we you know that's naturally going to happen maybe at some point if he's if he's a badass but yeah if you're a Texas fan you just enjoy this right now he's probably on that Brendan Marion path where you would think an OC position is likely considering how good he is recruiting now to retort to that as well Sarks hasn't missed yet I think on a uh coaching hire with Jackson with Choice filling in for Stan Drayton. But, you know, time will tell with Chris Jackson. He's a great recruiter so far that we've seen. Now, the one quote from Jarek's dad that really stood out in the Horns 247 article, when you have three players get drafted, two in the first round, and Roshan Johnson, you can't go wrong with that. It's a direct quote from Jarek Gibson's dad. That's a great recruiting pitch. Like, hey, we live in an NFL era where running backs are undervalued now. They're not going to go in the first round. I just had one go in the top ten picks. NFL teams aren't drafting running backs like they used to anymore. But, hey, one of mine did. That's an incredible recruiting pitch that, what, you had Penn State and Ohio State could only offer in the last, what, 10, 15 years? I mean, it may be LSU with Edward Tolera who went the very end of the first round, but he went top 10. We've only seen two running backs, I believe, yeah. Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott in 2016 and Saquon in 2018, right, done that. Yeah, and then uh, Chris Bennett, our man CB, just uh, – Texted the reminder that he had two running backs drafted in the first round, Bijan and Gibbs. Yep. Right. Yep. So the, Gibbs. the idea to have uh, to have those two guys that is crazy. I apologize. If that's what you just said. I was reading a, a text there. Did I just repeat exactly what you said? I didn't say Gibbs by name, but the quote was basically his dad right. saying okay. that. Like, gotcha. Yeah. Right. That he we're, good. We're, we're on the same page, Chad. We're okay. Good. I'm just we're, making we're sure. Out the Kings for filling each other out. And I got no. I got uh, I got text rolling in here, and uh, the folks are helping out as uh, as always. Somebody texted in. Are y'all going to speak about Ivan Melendez getting a cycle? I didn't realize Melendez hit it for the cycle. He also, I believe, broke the Hillsborough Hops record for most home runs in a season with 15, uh, which wow. isn't like a credible stat, but he's only been there for like, what, two, three months, and he's already broken home run record at 15 on the year. He's a guy that I believe their AAA team is the Sod Poodles um, out in Amarillo. Wouldn't be surprised if Blendez is in Amarillo by the end of the season, the way right. he's been hitting. Very nice. Yeah, that's cool. We'll definitely mention that. Uh, so that bit of recruiting news with Jarrett Gibson was certainly big, and if you didn't know, his offer list included – a yeah. lot of big names. We mentioned he was committed to Florida at one point, but I mean, it's everybody. It's Florida. It's Bama. It's Georgia, Georgia LSU, right? LSU, A and M, Oklahoma. I mean, all everybody that you that you'd want to have on on a list. So he verbally commits to Texas, and then uh, an offensive lineman committed over the weekend as well. Nate Kibble, offensive lineman. When you see Humble Texas, it might be a Tascasita, and this one is a Tascasita uh, listed here at 6'2", 
306, a big dog on that offensive line. And this is always big, I would tell you, if you're a Texas fan, you win this battle against A&M. This was one of those head-up, house-divided decisions. He picked Texas over Texas A&M. To me, Cameron, that's that first level. If I'm a Texas fan, I want to beat A&M and Oklahoma for Mm -hmm. interior guys. Then the next level up is I want to beat LSU for interior guys, and then you go up to I want to beat Bama and Georgia for interior guys. The last couple years, you know, when you get these recruiting battles against, like, the SEC schools, it's like if you lose, in the back of your mind, okay, at least we don't have to see them. That's gone now, right? Mm-hmm. With the Jerick Gibson recruitment, if you don't win that, he's going to end up at Alabama or Georgia. He's a guy that if you don't able you don't you don't secure the recruitment, you're, you're going to be playing against him the next few years, and that's huge, huge for guys in the in the trenches, right? Especially with Nate Kibble, he's a big dude, six two three fifteen. Chad, that Ooh, fits three fifteen. I was just seeing three oh six. I was, I saw a trim down weight three fifteen. Even better. Two four seven has him at three fifteen. You nice. know who, who could say with, with the weight fluctuation? But that's a guy that fits into that big body philosophy mm-hmm. of Sark and Coach Flood that they want to build. And as you mentioned, yeah, if you don't get him, you're going to be going up against him in the SEC in a few years. So that's when those recruiting battles get even. Even bigger, I think. Yeah, that's that's a great point, too. I hadn't even really thought of it that way. But, yeah, the fact that you, Texas, and Oklahoma are going into the SEC, those battles just get even even more ramped up. And as far as the battles with A&M, we, used to, we said for years now, decade plus, oh, yeah, that's the battle you got to win because yeah. there are no other battles. Now you're working towards not only does that football game come back, but you're right. You lose, uh, lose a kid to Florida, guess what? You're probably going to end up at, in, in the next couple years, you got to deal with it. If you lose a kid to Arkansas, you lose a kid to you know whatever the school is, you're going to have to face them. So both of those are big for Texas. Uh, that's seven total commitments in the 2024 class. Uh, and then also I was reading notes uh, from over the weekend about the Colin Simmons visit. That's, that seems to be down to Texas and LSU for a lot of people. And interesting move by both these schools. Texas just ha- you know, has him in for the visit. He apparently didn't give anybody any indications one way or the other. But LSU has their official visit scheduled for November. Yeah. Some people thinking that's a genius move. Some people thinking it may be too late by then because obviously that's right at a month before the first signing period, and now the signing period for a lot of the guys. So we'll see how that works. But certainly nothing to make you think Colin Simmons isn't interested in Texas. It's Texas and LSU right now for the big dog uh, defensive end out of Duncanville. Yeah, I think the crystal ball in 247 has a 50-50 Texas LSU. Mm-hmm. If you follow Colin Simmons on social media, a lot of good – positive Texas stuff it, it sounds like as soon as he got there he was enamored with what they were doing um, he's a kid that I saw did a couple of his games Chad in the playoff run of Duncanville there's some times in high school sports I think you know as kids are developing three four star five stars like you'll you'll go a game and you won't really notice them right because they're still maybe they're dealing with double teams but they're still developing right Colin Simmons was a guy from the first play you knew where he was because the way he would impact games. I mean, against the Woodlands over at the field, he dominated their offensive line. And through their playoff run as as a junior, Colin Simmons was a guy that, you know, I would turn around and be like, man, he's he's someone that Texas needs to circle, and I'm glad they're really going after his recruitment. And as puts number 13 respond on the Specs text line, talking about Nate Kibble, he's from Atticacita. Did I say that right? Atascacita. 
Still learning, yeah. guys. I'm sorry. Atascacita. That's a that's a area that Texas has not done a great job of recruiting, right, in the mm. last decade. Yeah. can say the same thing about Duncanville. Those are two huge football factories that Texas really hadn't got into until Kelvin Banks last year, offensive line, and now Nate Kibble. So it seems like Sark has really developed these relationships with a lot of these big High school football factories that have produced a lot of kids that have gone everywhere but Austin. Yeah, that's big. You're right. That's a huge part of it, too. Yeah, Texas hasn't always had the claws in the Dallas area. That would be huge uh, to get a guy like that. Because, again, when you look at the difference between what Texas is doing right now and what a Bama and Georgia are doing, that's what everybody wants to be. Even an Ohio State, go yep. to the top level, go to the teams that are in the in the playoff. Man, they are blocking and tackling the hell out of people yeah. and specifically on defense there's a weapon you got to deal with there's a couple of them you got to deal with texas has had some good defensive fronts we've seen guys here and yeah. there give you flashes but have they had that you know nationally recognized four to five star monster that everybody knows about day one maybe not certainly not at the level of those other schools that's where they're trying to go colin simmons is that kind of name look at what georgia did this last two years defensive line right how many of those guys went in the first, second round? Oh, I mean, Philadelphia Eagles' entire defensive line is coming from Georgia, right? Jordan Davis. Are they really, Cameron? Thank you for reminding me of that. I'm just saying, like, as you know very well as an A&M fan, you've Ugh. been in this conference since, you know, for about 10 years. That was as, as a, a Cowboys fan. I was reacting to that one. Oh, okay. There's a lot. There's a lot of ways we could go oh, in that direction. Oh, God. Yeah, no, you're right. No, it, it's terrifying. Um, as every guy that was badass in red and black is apparently going to be badass in green now for the Philadelphia Eagles. But huge recruiting stuff for Texas there. Also, there's a recruiting story for Texas on the basketball side. We will get to that. Plus, just more good news if you are a Spurs fan coming off of the draft uh, and College World Series. It all comes down to one game tonight. And to me, if you're a Texas baseball fan, pretty clear who you're rooting for tonight. We'll talk about that on the horn. We need more cowbell on a Monday. And we're getting it, getting started on this Monday. Zay is on his honeymoon. Hope everybody that's on a little break this week has a great, relaxing time. Stay cool out there wherever you are. Maybe you're getting away from all this hot weather. That would be a good idea, too. Cam, I do not recognize it. Who is this? Oh, come on, Chad. You definitely do. Do I? Little early to mid-2000s, kind of a little rock, poppy. Hmm. Huh. I mean, just without hearing a vocal, it sort of has a... Oh, uh, wait a minute. There we go. Oh. Uh, oh. Easy now. Um, the only thing I thought of the killers to start with. But, okay. But... In the right direction. No, no, no. This sounds like... Um, this sounds like Jack. Is this like White Stripes? No, like it's, that? it's not Jack White. It is The Rapture. Oh, no, no. I wasn't coming up with that. Okay. The Rapture. House of Jealous Lovers. Kind of little Talking Heads vibe. Yeah. Uh, they were a screamo band. Yeah, kind of like 
Talking Heads and the Killers Had a Baby, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Uh, the Rapture. What's the name of the song again? House of Jealous Lovers. That's a good title. It's, a, like it's a good song. It's yeah. a good pump you up song. That's good. I got to check them out. I don't know a lot about The Rapture, but uh, a good uh, energetic way to start this show today. A lot of high energy if you're a Texas football fan. We talked about the great recruiting news there. We've also got some Texas basketball recruiting news to talk about. Uh, as long as we're into basketball, we'll get to Mr. Wimbenyama in a second. But the good Texas news is uh, a good basic name that you hope will be far more interesting than that. He is Chris Johnson. He is a combo guard, uh, started in Texas in a way, went to high school in Texas, had originally committed to Kansas, but then decommits and ends up at Texas. He is now a part of the 23 class, and Cameron, correct me if I'm wrong, he's now the only member of the 23 yeah. class, right, after what happened with, um, a, with um, why am I losing it, A.J. Johnson and, Ron Holland, and yeah. Ron Holland, right? So now he is the member of the 23 class coming in. Yeah, Uh was like Ron Holland's situation. He was uh, signed his letter of intent to Kansas, um, Was got released by it, which, you know, a different conversation is what's the point of these letters if, we, if players can just be released from it. But I digress. Ends up coming to Texas. He's a four-star, six-foot-four combo guard, Chad. Um, comes from the same high school, I believe, as Dylan Mitchell, uh, Monte Verde Academy, or if I have that right. Mm -hmm. uh, give me if I don't. No, I think you got it right. He's a guy that he probably won't get a lot of playing time, this season, but one, I think it's good to have someone, at least some incoming freshman, because, you know, with Tyrese Hunter and Max Haysmith, there are two guys, Chad, that this is probably their last year playing college basketball, right? You have Kendall Weaver coming in. He is a sophomore. Now, he could also theoretically uh, jump to the draft or professional-wise. So there's a chance that, you know, going into 2024, right, mm -hmm. there might not be a single guard on the roster. So I think it's important for Ronnie Terry to at least get someone in there, right, to develop, you know, also insurance policy, injuries happen and whatnot. Now, of course, the roster can look completely different with the transfer portal, as we have seen from last year to this year. But it's good to have at least some freshmen on the roster, I think, to help develop, to come in, to learn the offense, to learn the staff. And who knows? He's a kid that he definitely can project to be a really good college basketball player. But it's good to have, in just in case, I think, for 2024, because who knows what the roster is going to look like as we've seen. It's also a kid, unlike Ron Holland and AJ Johnson, you know, they had NBA, that was on their mind, right? They're going to play one year and mm -hmm. then jump to the NBA. This is a kid who's going to stick around at least for probably two years collegiately. Two years? In college basketball? Isn't that crazy, right? Can you do that? Consecutively? Imagine if the CBA allowed that to happen. Now you, don't mean, you don't mean at the same place. You mean a year and then transfer, no, right? No, you no. Mean two, two years, years in Austin, yeah. Same place? Really? Weird. That's exciting. It's like, yeah, it's like what Brock Cunningham's done. He's been here for 15 years. <laughs> that's right. That's true. He, That's true. He was here. Rick Barnes' first year, he and Brock Cunningham came in together. A lot of people don't he know was, that. Yeah, when Tom Petters was the head coach, Brock actually. <laughs> that's right. He was coming to camps back then. Uh, Chris Johnson, uh, part of the Texas basketball team now in the 23 class, so he'll be able to contribute this season. That's big news if you're a, a Texas fan. And then uh, if you are a Texas fan and a San Antonio Spurs fan, or maybe you're just a Spurs fan, just continues to be more and more good news. Uh, I tweeted out, over the last few days, even as a Mavs fan, everything I see from Victor Wimbenyama, I smile, I laugh, I like the kid more, just everything is lining up. And then, if you hear this as a Spurs fan, you got to love it. Victor Wimbenyama now will not play in the FIBA World Cup. 
He's going to prep for his time with the Spurs. He still says he's going to play a little bit in the summer league. He wants to prep for the Spurs. And then remember, the Olympics are in Paris in 24. So there's Mm. no way he's not going to want to play for France there. But he did the number crunching. He realized last year he played in 62 games. This next two-year period, he is estimating he'll play in 170 games. And I think that's without the World Cup. So either way, either he figured out that's what it would be with the World Cup and he says, I'm out, or maybe he's estimating those Olympic games and thinking, wait a second, this is just going to be too much. So remember, he's a unique guy. He's talked about it. He's a unique guy with unique workouts and unique uh, training regimens. So now he's going to sit out the World Cup. That's exciting to me if I'm a Spurs fan. Yeah, no doubt. I think he said before he was drafted he wanted to play in the uh, in the FIBA Basketball Cup this season, this summer. And probably the Spurs organization was like, hey, man, you're going to put a lot of miles on yourself. Let's let's take it easy, you know, maybe play a few games in the summer league and then focus on the Olympics next season. Because he's someone that it's kind of weird, Chad. He likes to play basketball. We don't really see that a lot from a lot of athletes oh, now. Oh, he's a basketball like, guy. It's like, you know, I mean, we've seen a lot, even with the USA athletes, where it's like, oh, it's the Olympics. Eh, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to play. Like, i got to play basketball in the summer. i got to play in June and July. Are you kidding me? No. Like, this kid, and what I love about him is that he wants to hoop. Like, with Kevin Durant, he's a hooper. He, he cares about playing. He loves to play. He loves to be competitive. Mm-hmm. I think that's big because, now, Kawhi Leonard wasn't, a number one draft pick, you know, he kind of came in on the radar and they developed him, but he, Kawhi is a guy that, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he has the same passion to play, you know, summer ball in the play for his country, like Webanyama does. And now of course, you know, he doesn't have the same personality as Webanyama, but at least with Wemby, it does seem like he wants to win. He wants to play. And the way that he already has a dinner with Duncan and Robinson and Manu, I mean, yeah, you've seen this picture going around, love man. That. Spurs I love fans that. are eating this up. Sean Elliott's in that photto as well. Just saying, and he's towering over all of them. I mean, you, he made Tim. He makes Tim Duncan look normal sized in that picture. Yeah, for and some of the specs text, I was like, yeah, for all those who were doubting his height, which I mean, like, why are you doubting a seven foot five guy's height? Like, oh, he's seven. He's actually seven four. Like, yeah. really? Oh, wow, the one inch is gonna make a huge difference. But he is a large human being. If you make him, he's going to make six, seven guys look average. Right. Oh, yeah. A guy that's like LeBron's height is going to look like just sort of normal uh, compared to him. And, yeah, again, if, if you're a Spurs fan here, you're loving it. Somebody texted, go Spurs, go, baby, while we were talking about it. But, I mean, the only thing that feels like it could stop this train right now is foot injuries, yeah. is issues. Is there anything we all with a seven foot five guy? So that's why I think this story is big here at the beginning to know that he's not going to put any extra wear and tear on it. Because I'm with you, Cam. I like the idea that he, that he likes to play ball as well. But when you are seven five and you're this freaky, yeah. the last thing you want to hear is some rando moment of, yeah, Wimby was out there playing with some kids in France or Wimby was over there to pick up game over, you know, wherever and something goes down. That's the last thing you want. And that's what happened with my guy, Chet Holmgren, last year, right? He You play the summer league, but then yep. he gets a weird injury playing just in a a pro-am in, in Portland on a weird basketball court. And, like, you know, you're hopeful because, you know, Chet's been someone that's been able to avoid injuries for most of his career, but he gets that Liz Frank injury. That's scary. As, yep. a, as, a, as a big guy, 
you want to be precautious because you don't want him to end up like Bill Walton where it's like, yeah, he's a Oof. great player, yeah, but he can never stay healthy. And I think that's, you know, that's definitely factoring into the decision for the Spurs to kind of like limit limit what he can do because, I mean, he's going to be special. So, uh, yeah, we, we were mentioning the vacations around the building here. Our man Patrick Davis from the afternoon show, he just got back from vacation and the Spurs got Wimbenyama. Like, he's really enjoying uh, his time. While he was off last week, the Spurs officially got Wimbenyama, and I'm sure he'll be extra smiling today uh, once we get to 3 o'clock. So that big news in the world of basketball. Also, uh, tonight we will wrap up college baseball one way or the other. And if you're a Texas Longhorn baseball fan, pretty simple. If you're uh, on the historical side, you want to root for Florida tonight because LSU has six national titles just like your Longhorns do. And if you don't want them to pass you, you need Florida to win the game tonight. Uh, If you don't know the tote board, USC's at 12. Texas and LSU are at 6. Then it falls off after that. The SEC has accounted for, at this moment, 14 national titles. Six six from LSU. Vanderbilt's got two. South Carolina's got two. And then Florida, Georgia, and the two Mississippi schools each have one. That's the split. So once Texas is in the SEC. Do you count it? Well, I'm saying once Texas is in, the SEC technically would have, what's that going to be, 12? It's going to be 21 no matter what happens tonight. It'll be 21 combined uh, titles once Texas is in. So uh, LSU and Florida, two very different games if you watch Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, an 11-inning affair, another close game, another big homer for Beloso. That kid, if LSU wins, I mean, he's a star anyway. But he and, and also uh, Tanks, White, whatever his Tommy name is. Tommy Tanks. Tommy White, uh, Tanks White. Yeah, those two guys are home run legends forever now. 4-3-11, and 11, but then Florida comes back yesterday. They get a wild Grand Slam homer in the third and then just flatten LSU from there. 24-4. to four. 23 hits in the game, five homers for Florida. Cameron, that Grand Slam is one of the weirdest home runs yes. I've ever seen in my life. Off the bat, I don't think anyone knew it was a home run. No. The way The way he was looking up at the ball. And then even the announcers, like Mike Monaco, like kind of was like, oh, it's going to be a fly ball to, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, Grand, grand Slam? Did you grand, hear, grand Slam? Did you hear the launch angle? 51? 51 degrees. <clears throat> and the average on every 51 degree angled hit at the College World Series, I don't know about ever or if it was just this year, was like 074. That's just getting a hit on that angle, and he got a grand slam out of it, and it crushed LSU for the rest of the game. And I, I, I'm trying, been trying to fact check it, but I believe the the highest launch angle for a home run before was Giancarlo Stanton and the majors at 49. Is that right? So oh, I don't wow. know if, that's, if he actually broke it. Now, of course, remember, the wind was a big factor. It was blowing out yesterday, I think gusting up to 30 miles per hour, and apparently it's the same way tonight. Yeah. So I kind of figured after hearing the wind's going to be a big factor, it was going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, did not expect it to be a football score. Wow. Was not expecting 24 runs. Just um, crazy. And also, they also broke the record for most home runs in the World Series. I believe Texas had the record before uh, in 09, coincidentally, against LSU. Mm-hmm. And I think Florida uh, did that again or broke the record yesterday. So now I wonder, Chad, if you're – at LSU, the head coach, what do you do with Paul Skeens? Because he said he he will be available today. But do you start him? 
do you, you know, he's got to pitch at some point today, right? What what would you do with uh, Paul Skeens? I mean, I it would depend on what kind of guy he is. If he's truly a starter, if that's just his entire mindset, then we got to start him and watch him. But if he's more of that bulldog mentality, I'll do anything you need. I'll get you the I'll get you the 6 to 8 biggest outs of this game. Just tell me when they happen. If he's that guy, if he can ramp up quick, then I would try to hold him and do like a was it Schilling? I think it was Schilling in 01 in the World Series came in in that yeah. game 7, Johnson earlier and he came in later and he was he'd already pitched and he just trying to give him something. I just don't know. It depends on which kind of guy Skeens thinks he is and coach Johnson believes he is. That's how I would work it. My gut would say you start him if he's that guy. If he's just your badass starter, okay, start him. It's three days rest. I get it. But start him and have somebody ready to go. I got the five yesterday. This was before Florida you know, started putting on their butt whipping. It's got the five that LSU did not want to start him. But after last night, I mean, you lose. I don't, I don't, I mean, obviously you're like, okay, mentality is you're going to forget about this game. We have a new game. But when you lose by almost 20 runs, I feel like that's got to factor into your psyche, right? And I feel like you want a guy who can go out and have that confidence, and it feels like Paul Skeens has probably been the best pitcher this season outside of Rhett Lauder, right? And you can argue it's him, one and two, or Lauder one, whatever you want to do. It feels like, I don't know, you might have to start Skeens, even though he's coming off 100 in pitches a few yeah. nights ago, but he is your best player, he's your best pitcher, and it's now do or die. Yep. It's game three. This is it. Florida did it again. They did it to Wake and it, when it looked like maybe they weren't the best team, they just kept pushing, kept making uh, making plays, and then they really uh, put it on LSU. Let's see where the psychology is. That's a great point. I was thinking about that, too. It's a one-run game versus a 20-run game. It's, it counts exactly the same. LSU's got to get themselves in that mindset tonight, and we will see if Skeens goes. So, again, if LSU wins it, they'll get to seven national titles. By the way, here's the neighborhood you're joining, Longhorn fans. 15 of the last 18 years in Omaha, there's been at least one SEC team in the championship series. Wow. 15 out of 18. And there have been four times when two SEC teams met for the championship. How about that? By the way, Texas has done that twice with an SEC team, and Oklahoma did it with one last year. So if you want to put, te- if Texas and Oklahoma had been in the SEC the last 18 years, it would be seven of those matchups. So this is absolutely the conference that's in control of college baseball. There's a lot of discussion about football, I know. But remember the conference that uh, Texas and Oklahoma are entering in baseball as well. It's going to be incredible uh, starting with next, uh, not next baseball season, but starting with the 25 baseball season when Texas and OU are a part of the SEC. Tonight, it's an SEC champion one way or the other, Florida and LSU. They go at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, Sit back and enjoy. Coming up at 105, back to that great Texas recruiting news over the weekend. Joe Cook inside Texas on 3.com to give us his thoughts on Jarrett Gibson and uh, and the other as well, and Kibble, and the uh, class that Texas is putting together. Up next, though, in the crap bag, we'll get you a Dion update plus a Phil update. No, no, not that Phil. That Phil. This is the horn. Oh, 
This one's kind of got a Talking Heads feel to it. In a, way a little as bit well. too, huh? Yeah. Sounds like it's a little more British than that, though. Who's this? This is Jack Starber. The song is called Buttercup. Starber? Yeah. S T A U B E R. Okay. Jack Starber. All right. Because uh, so, Chad, unlike the tower, you I mean you know Craig's? He's yacht rock. Uh huh. And Jeff is like. 90s, 2000s rap. So it's like I have a limited, limited right. pool of what I can play. With so, you, I know I can play anything. You're just stretching here. I could play Dame Lillard's new rap album. And you, you would love it. All right, there you For go. For Craig, not so much. He would, he would pull me aside, Cameron. No, there I, you I go. need, I need Bob Seger. Now I am a music snob, but I try to be as open as I can to music that I don't know. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm all about it. Let's do it. Jack Stauber and the Rapture getting us started today. Uh, some good sounds on a sunny day, and it's going to be another hot one. 105, 106. I think the highs for like the first three days of the week. Yeesh. Another Monday through Wednesday from hell. Uh, so please be careful out there. Stay cool and dry if you can. Coming up at uh, 105, we'll talk with Joe Cook. Of Inside Texas. We do it every Monday about that time. We'll talk recruiting. Big news for Texas, obviously. Jarrett Gibson and Nate Kibble get added to that 24 class. World's Strongest Man at 130, Mark Henry, and he may drop by. Always good to see Mark Henry. Uh, we'll talk to him about summer prep as uh, Jacob Henry's getting ready to, to get going at Vandegrift. Want to get Mark's thoughts on that and uh, just kind of the, the summer workout time. What do you do when it's 105 degrees outside and what would he advise, um, you know, maybe kids doing this time of year to get ready we are 68 days away from that first big weekend of college football which means you're even closer to high school football so uh, we'll try to get some advice on that from mark henry plus uh, we never know what we're going to get into with mark he loves his texas longhorns um but also wanted to catch up with him on a couple other things uh as we come off of the nba draft i know he was excited to to check a little bit of that out as well so we'll talk to mark at 130 aaron hogan to talk some baseball um of course aaron of b and e in the morning 6 to 10 a.m aaron's going to jump on with us talk a little baseball at 205 i want to get his thoughts on LSU and Florida. Cameron Parker, nice enough to produce today and uh, and for most of this week. I do appreciate his hard work. You normally hear Cameron, of course, on Light the Tower, but he's nice enough to hang out with me a little bit this week, and we hope Zay is having a great honeymoon. Let's get into the crap bag here. We sent good wishes, and we'll continue to do that for one of the, the uh, best personalities in the world of coaching. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. And um, let's send our best again to Deion Sanders. He did have the procedure over the weekend uh, to get the blood clot, a couple different spots on his left leg. They're also going to work on the right leg at some point. They're just trying to get normal blood flow down to his feet. Dion has had a couple toes amputated in the last year or so, uh, so hopefully uh, everything is headed in the right direction for prime time. I do know this, if having a beautiful woman by you to support you it helps in recovery, Dion's going to be fine. Yeah. His fiance is unreal. That is a beautiful beautiful woman standing by that bed. Well done, Dion. Um, so, and I didn't realize he had a fiance at this point. I yeah. didn't know his marital status, but apparently about to get married. Uh, so hopefully Dion's going to be all right. And uh, something to just keep in mind as we talk about 68 days from now, Colorado at TCU is week one. 
So don't forget about that game. Could be a scorcher in Texas around that time at the beginning of September. That's the 11 a.m. Fox kick the first big Saturday. And guess what follows it? Rice in Texas, 2.30. So Fox back-to-back is Dion at TCU and Rice at Texas. Just something to keep in mind and maybe circle on your calendar. So all the best to Dion. We hope that situation continues to look up. Uh, Cameron, before we get to something else, you said there's a late-breaking uh, news story here? Got some NBA breaking news for you, Chad. All right. So, of course, you know, we got NBA free agency getting ready to start. Uh, I think July 6th is the first time trades can become official. Well, another trade added to that list. A guy who's been perpetually on the trade block for the last probably five years, John Collins, has officially been traded to the Utah Jazz for a trade exception and a second-round pick, along with forward Rudy Gay, who is still playing basketball. So the Utah <laughs> Jazz acquired John Collins and his $78 million contract, and the Atlanta Hawks uh, dumped some of that contract money, get back Rudy Gay, and a mid-level exception, I believe. So the Hawks, who have been you know thought to maybe be trading Collins, haven't done it after that huge extension, they might be gearing up for a pretty big move, Chad. This is what that tells me by getting rid of John Collins in Utah now. What a what a, a front court. John Collins, Walker Kessler, who is probably the greatest basketball player of all time, in my opinion, and Laurie Markinen. <laughs> uh two incredible white guys. And of course I'm white, so I love the Utah Jazz. Ah, you have to, I think. Oh, I and see. now John Collins. What a front court for uh Danny Ainge and Will Hardy. So Interesting moves all around for uh, both those two teams. So John Collins to Utah and Rudy Gay to Atlanta. Yes, gotcha. and Rudy Gay, uh, maybe, you know, who knows if he will end up playing basketball this year. Um, a lot could happen. They could end up, you know, buying him out, releasing him be- before free agency begins. NBA free agency, as uh, Cam mentioned, starting in early July. So at that point, the stuff that we've been hearing all these deals have not been made official official yet? Yeah, I think July 6th is when everything can be official. Because that's um, the start of business for the year? Is yeah, that what it is? Okay. Yeah. So we'll see because, you know, there's a lot of Dame Lillard trade rumors going on. I'm waiting to see what Boston decides to do with Jalen Brown. It sounds like they're going to end up keeping Jalen Brown. We just saw the huge uh, Chris Stops trade right. involving Marcus Smart. Um, Draymond Green has to sign somewhere. Where does Dylan Brooks go? Yeah, there's a lot going on. You would assume with this news, it seems like the news we've heard around Golden State lately is that Draymond's going to be sticking with them. You would think so. But the Chris Paul trade is interesting because how does Chris Paul fit into that offense when he's basically the same player offensively as Draymond Green, right? Mm, He's not a great shooter. Right. He's something Draymond Green has to have the ball in his hands like Chris Paul. How does that work out? Now, me and Jeff just talked about it. Jeff's anti-Chris Paul. I am pro-Chris Paul. Oh, okay. Great high-level IQ basketball player. He's someone that you think you know would somehow would make it work with Steph Curry because Steph Curry's never played with a true point guard, Chad. But how does that work? It's a lot of pieces are gonna you know have to fall in these next few weeks before we fully get a, a clear picture of where the NBA is going. But it's a big move, I think, all in all for the Hawks, and it sets them up for possibly a bigger trade. What does that do? I don't know. Yeah, in some situations, could you have you know both Splash Brothers being the run-around screens, catch-and-shoot kind of guys versus the times when Steph does you know, control the ball, create the shot, all that, the crazy dribbling and stuff that he can do. 
to create it. Maybe it would free him up a little bit. Yeah. A little older, one year older down the line. Um, a lot of NBA stuff going on right now. One other quick update I had for you, crap bag-wise. I went out searching for Phil over the weekend. Apparently he's not out there yet. Uh, for me, that's Phil Steele. I'm a big fan of the Phil, oh, okay. the Phil Steele magazine. Uh, it is not out there yet on the newsstands. I get fooled every year because somebody gets it sent to them. My cards. Because I'm not one of those. Right. I'm not one of those that signs up to get it sent to me. I will go physically get it. I'm still an old man that way. So people get it sent to them, and they take a picture of it, and it freaks me out. And I go, oh, my God, Phil's out Time there. Time to go. Yeah. And I'm the old man who doesn't call ahead. I just run over there to see if it's there. wasn't there, but I'm seeing today that this Friday may very Ooh. well be the day, may be the newsstand day for Phil Steele. Ladies and gentlemen. So back-to-back weeks, we get Dave Campbell's uh-huh. and then Phil Steele? I think so. I think so. And speaking of Dave Campbell, if you want a copy, uh, remember to check out Light the Tower. I heard the guys give it away today. Give away two of them, Chad. You gave away two today? Yeah. Okay. Copies. Two-a-days. It's two-a-days, right, for Dave Campbell's Summer workouts, as well. baby. Uh, you can get uh, just listen 10 to 12 every day and uh, listen for that cue to call. You call to get your Dave Campbell magazine. If you don't get it that way, you can always go to hornfm.com and sign up to get one uh, through an online giveaway. So we have all of that happening. Uh, so just wanted to remind you about that if you are into the Phil Steele magazine. I think late this week is when we can expect that. All right, uh, rolling through a Monday here. Uh, Coming up, your 1 o'clock hour, Joe Cook of Inside Texas. We'll talk Texas recruiting and what they were able to pull off over the weekend. Mark Henry next hour as well in a special flex segment. Plus, Cam's got a little where we at in society with Zay on vacation. 2 o'clock, Aaron Hogan. We got a lot going on today. Hope you're having a great Monday. Please stay cool out there and keep it right here on the horn.